Your husband is allergic to dogs. Ironically, <laughs> you started a dog business. Personally, Emma, it wouldn't stop me either. <laughs> if you were allergic to cats, would your husband think twice about launching a cat business called Lounge With Me Ottawa? <laughs> doom, doo doom, doom, doom. Welcome to Let's Boop Snoots. I'm Heidi. And I am Vero. And we've got another special show for today. And we are ready to boop snoots. (laughs) (laughs) But before we start, we would like to thank Holy Raw Nutrition for supporting Let's Boop Snoots. Holy Raw is a raw food service located in Chelsea, Quebec. Their products are sourced from an ethical local farms and butchers to ensure freshness, quality, and peace of mind. They have raw blends that come in one to two pound containers, ranging from chicken, beef, duck, turkey, and many more. Holy Raw also provides dehydrated treats and all natural supplements to help support your pet's overall well-being. You can find them on their website at holyrawnutrition.com. Holy Raw, as in H-O-L-I-R-A-W, nutrition.com. Thank you, Holy Raw. And also a big, big thank you to Stray Dog Brewing Company for supporting Let's Boop Snoots. They're located at 501 La Colle Way, Unit 4 in Orleans, Ontario. Stray Dog Brewing Company is open seven days a week, Mondays through Fridays from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., with extended hours on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays until 9 p.m. Weekend hours are 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturdays and 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Sundays. They are a pet-friendly brewery, so bring your snoots. They also host great events throughout the week and offer brewery tours. Make sure to try some of their in-house beers, including Oatmeal Stout, Tropical Knockout, One Hop Wonder, and many more. You can find them on their Instagram at Stray Dog Brewing Co. and their website www.straydogbrewing.ca. Thank you, Stray Dog Brewing Company, for supporting our Let's Boop Snoots. So, today's episode is special because we have a special guest on the show, and we are so very excited to have her. She is the owner of Walk With Me Ottawa, a walking, training, and porting dog business. She is also the creator of Ottawa's Competition Protective Sport Association Club named Frostbite Working Dog Club. Three out of her four dogs, Cricket, Toro, Riggins, have credentials longer than 99.9% of people. (laughs) (laughs) And if she wasn't aware already, she is also living the Let's Boop Snoots dream life. (laughs) Let's welcome on the show, the one and only Emma Murdoch. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. That was nice intro. (laughs) You are. You are living our dream, for sure. Yes. <laughs> How's it going today? Oh, it's going good, good. Uh, had a little bit of a relaxed day because I had such a busy weekend, um, but it's the last time I'll get to relax at all for the next two weeks at least. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's good, good. Nice weather. There's so much, I mean, there's so much that you do that we don't know about like that's in the background (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) it is very impressive like I have to say like they're like when I was reading like I remember hearing from like several of my friends have used your services like over the years and have nothing but good things to say and um I always like wondered like what would life be like as like a dog business owner so we're going to find out today we're gonna find out okay sounds great dig right into it 
so uh, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> um, one might imagine that you are living the dog lover's dream life. But um, out of our curiosity, what are your least favorite things about your job? Because we can't imagine any. <laughs> Going right into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, man, okay. Um, I would say there's a few different, like, different ways we could go with this. Um, I would say, you know, like, tangible, like, dealing with dog diarrhea uh, <laughs> all over your, you know, in a crate or something could be, like, up there. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Or, like, you know, client dogs, like, passing away. That's really always, like, super sad. That's the worst part for sure. Um in terms of like being a business owner, I would say like, honestly, just like hiring people. It's not that it's the worst or least favorite. It's just like so difficult, uh, especially right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that has just been like, it's always been something that I, I wouldn't say like struggle with. It's just like always been in my head, like kind of the hardest part of like growing a business is, you know, like this is like my baby and having other people like fulfill that. It's just like challenging for sure. I've always had like an interest in like business and like running in my own business. I've had so many different ideas like over the years, but like my mother-in-law is a business owner and she's saying it's like, once you're a business owner, there's no kissing the bricks goodbye. There's no shutting it off. <laughs> like there's always something like running in your head, right? Like, is it staffing? Oh, yeah. Is it like always. clientele? And- <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Like it's like my fuel. I, I really love it. Um, some people don't like, that's definitely not for everybody. I'd say it's definitely like a personality trait. I don't know but um yeah and again I shouldn't even say that's my least favorite I I just it's hard (laughs) there's just like a bit of uncertainty um because I I I get what you're saying because I I hire people as well for my (laughs) job and there's always like that uncertainty of are they going to be a good fit even though like even though like they seem like it and they look upbeat and they're up for it um there's always that uncertainty so yeah I get that Totally. And it's like, you you don't know if they're going to be the best fit. And like, you don't know if they're actually being themselves, you know, and like, it can be really challenging, even just as like, a leader in different venues of like, am I seeing the real person? And then like, that that's just always something that's been hard. And then you learn <laughs> at, mm-hmm. at some point. <laughs> yeah. The, on on a different <laughs> what you mentioned before when when I was going to get another dog because I just recently got another dog um I wanted a very large breed dog like I wanted a Dane or I was gonna get a Conan Corso like and mm-hmm. um the, like th- one of the huge like factors that had me considering <laughs> reconsidering what's <laughs> dog diarrhea because <laughs> like you know your dogs have an accident and you're like oh like it's never fun uh-huh. like with the, with those uh, accidents but I had a friend who had a Dane and I remember her describing like a horrible like (laughs) crate mess and like house mess and like I was like oh yeah Yeah. I forgot you forget about those (laughs) those dog moments (laughs) yeah I mean the worst for me was uh back in the day when I was walking still and uh we had this lab (laughs) and he would eat uh you know dog poop (laughs) yeah and then vomit it up oh yeah uh, one day he was like standing kind of like on my center console this was like literally my first probably one or two years of business 
and he like vomited it up <laughs> on me and my dog. <laughs> and like I don't know if you've experienced what like shit vomit is. I have. That's the worst of the mm-hmm. worst. It's it, the it worst is. of the worst. And it, you know, it gets in the crevices of the car. It's like oh. that is the worst part of the job. I would say overall, like dog walker, dog trainer, all of that, it's like that's the worst. It's just like the crevices of this <laughs> of the seat belts and like the, the, the stitching and like the, I was yes. wearing a Gore-Tex jacket luckily so oh, that, re- God. that repelled <laughs> but my dog he got it on his face the poor thing oh, I cried oh, that day that oh. day I cried <laughs> um so the next question I have for you is um I have a friend who who has a dog business as well and and I always like wondered this so when you are dog walking, um, like during pack walks, do you naturally provide any sort of extra training beyond what is expected of like the service that you are, the particular service that you're providing? So like if you have a pack walk, but one of like the dogs is like super reactive on leash or like just like not compliant, like with the rest of the group, do you sort of do a little bit of extra training just to make your day a bit easier? Or like, how do you go about navigating that line between your comfort of your day slash services that you can charge for you know right yeah so from the beginning uh when I started this I always wanted to be like behavior and training focused so that was always my thing was like training focused walks even though I wasn't a trainer it was just like really important to me that like the dogs were coming back better than how they had like left the house um so we always, always were maintaining, you know, like good manners with like thresholds, with like leash walking, um, recall, not humping or jumping or barking, like not allowed to jump on strangers at the park and hump other dogs and stuff like that. And so, um, and that also back in the day, like I was, I didn't have private land, so it was work walking at public parks. And so it was even more important to me that like, they all had to be like behaved. Um, because obviously as a dog walker in like a public park, you know, you have like a group of five to seven dogs, whatever. And you know, you're, even though you're doing it every day and you're the professional and like, you probably have very good control. Uh, you're still sort of like a pariah of the, of the park. Right. Especially cause like other people's dogs would like magnetize to your group. Um, so, you know, it was always important to me that my dogs would like listen and behave. Uh, moving like away from you know public land too, like the private land uh, allowed us to even focus on that more because then you're not having to worry about other people and dogs but our rules were sort of well they were the same and there's basically like three sort of criteria for dogs to come on our walks and they can basically meet like two of the three uh but they can't only meet like zero or one of the three and so the criteria are that they have to be good in the car so like they can't be like raging car sick or you know like too you know uncomfortable uh with other dogs in the car they have to be you know good with other dogs uh, or neutral and then they have to have some semblance of like recall or name recognition or at the very least like pack drive and they're like wanting to stay with the group and play with other dogs mm-hmm. um and like because we can work on like one of those things but we yeah. can't oh like we can't work on all three <laughs> um, yeah we can mm-hmm. but it's just like it's too much to ask right and our walkers are not all trainers some of them are trainers and some of them are becoming trainers but there's also some walkers who like they don't want to have to deal with that type of stuff um so we do have some walkers again who are they'll take more of the i'll say like problematic dogs or challenge dogs um who are maybe reactive to dogs or people and then there's other walkers who are taking you know the easier cases if that makes sense yeah do you have to like organize your walks kind of like <laughs> the only sorry the only like 
comparison I can think of is like planning tables, like for a wedding, like, <laughs> <laughs> right, like, right, right. like Susie can't sit with like Aunt Linda because they gonna fight. Like, <laughs> so it is. It's based on location, like our pack walks. Um, so the walker service is like a specific location. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say like a like Westboro, Canada, Stittsville, Barhaven. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But then, of course, like there are, we're, we're screening dogs ahead of time, um, and some people or some walkers, I should say, will have like a morning walk or an afternoon walk, so they might like rearrange dogs based on that. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes it does happen where we have a dog who just like might not fit into the dynamic of like this pack, so we'll just move them to another pack, and then things go better. Um, like I said, because some people have the more like challenging dogs, some people have like smaller dogs. Um, everyone sort of has their little niche thing. Uh, so that definitely does happen, but for the most part, it's it's pretty rare. Like we don't usually have to move things around, but it does happen. And because we're so big and we have so many walkers, we're able to kind of do that um, most of the time. Yeah. See, like my dog gets along with like the most dogs. Like we we hardly ever have problems. But when I do take them sometimes, like to Bruce Pitt on the weekends and stuff, for some reason, boxers it's like an issue <laughs> yeah. every <Makes> time. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why? Why the boxer? It makes sense. We'll have to chat about this after. (laughs) I'm curious. You just lost all your boxer owners. No, I'm just kidding. Boxers are great. I think they're great. I I don't have anything against them. It's just like labs and border collies don't get along it's just oh, like okay. the nature of things you know like yeah. different um breed types have very particular personality traits mm-hmm. and uh sometimes they don't get along so well with others and you see that a lot too like it's really clear when you see dogs of the same breed get together mm-hmm. because they just like they understand each other so well yeah they, like mirror they get each extra other excited <laughs> yeah they just like they know how to play they know how to interact they know how to read each other when you get dogs that have like you know different facial features or you know crop ears and dog tails and smush faces and different uh, body language mm-hmm. things can be like more challenging for sure yeah we um like i'm i've in the past year focused more on like really watching his body language like especially when I see like a boxer coming because I want to know like I want to just understand body language better and I'm sure like you're like a pro at it now but it just Mm -hmm. happens like over time right like from watching and observing and and like yeah I'd say like I'm very good at that it's like the one thing I'll really like I really pride myself on is like knowing body language and like any dog pretty much and that's why I'm very good at um integrating like packs of dogs together like that is Mm -hmm. 1000 percent not for everybody and like yeah Mm -hmm. even in terms of training like there's a lot of trainers even who still aren't that good at reading body language um and it's I truly think it's because for so long I walked like such large groups of dogs so I would like see it I'd see it every day I worked in a doggy daycare before that too so like just like every single day so many different dogs getting to see so many different interactions has really like versed me in that but then like also just you know paying attention I'm very observant like I'm, I'm very, like, detail-oriented in that way, I guess, yeah. is what you could call it. And so, like, mm-hmm. I notice every little thing. Um, and I'm, like, hyper-aware as well. Like, it's easy with your own dogs because you're watching them all the time and you're with them, like, all the time. So I guess, like, it would – so are there, like, certain – like you said, co- kind of, like, certain breeds that don't get along? Can you tell – like, can you read certain type, like, breeds of dogs? Yeah, for sure. Better oh, yeah. than others? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say, like, personally, I'm not super great at reading, like, bully breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, like, have different body language. Um, and they get really, really stiff, which can be playful for them. Mm-hmm. But 
usually when dogs get stiff, it's not playful. Yeah. Um, so different things like that, like border collies, they just, they don't want to play with other dogs. That's like, like a very general rule. So like <laughs> most border collies are just like not interested <laughs> in playing with other dogs. And then like you have your goldens and your labs and like your sporting dogs, they tend to be very like in your face and like... <laughs> The herding dogs don't like that, you know? And, like, there's categories for a reason. There's obviously some exceptions. But I find, like, the the dogs that look more wolfy, so, like, we have, like, pointy ears, um, longer snouts, they tend to be actually, like, they're very, very expressive. And I find them usually, like, more socially adapted, like, you know, reading other dogs and also giving signals to other dogs so like malinois for example Mm -hmm. i find malinois like some of the best dogs for social cues they're so easy to read they're usually like very good with reading other dogs um Mm -hmm. whereas i find like the smushy faces like frenchies like how many times do we see like (laughs) frenchies they're always leaning forward right they're top heavy so they're like always looking like they're ready to fight so like dogs don't like that (laughs) So, and they have the smush face. They're not super expressive. So like other dogs like will trigger on that because, you know, they look like they want to fight, even though they might not. Um, (laughs) And they usually do have a little personality sometimes, but that's just an example. Yeah. Do you try, like, so are you like, yes, when you get a Malinois? Because you're like, they're just going to like, are they like the leader sort of of the pack where they're like sort of not police? No, surprisingly, no. I find actually like they're not necessarily like the leader. I'd say they're just they're usually just very good at like kind of like doing their thing, reading the situation. They're usually pretty neutral. I mean, of course, there's exceptions, but yeah, I know I, I deal with a lot of Malinois, and like generally they're like they get along pretty well with like all sorts of types of dogs. And yeah, but I I wouldn't even say like in a leader personality. Um, German Shepherds tend to be very police dog, mm-hmm. very very mm-hmm. police dog, and yeah. that that can be challenging, right? Because it's nice to have a police dog on your pack walks, but you just have to watch it, that they're not, like, overcorrecting, yeah. um, that yeah. they're not getting too frustrated as well because that can build up in them um, mm-hmm. when they're always trying to, like, make sure everything's in order. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, honestly, it's, like, the little uh, little terriers. <laughs> they, they can be rough, too, I, I should have said. But, like, they got to watch them because they can flip, like – very fast from yeah. like yeah. having a good time to like murder time but yeah <laughs> it's so funny because like I had this like neighborhood group that we would meet like our dogs and you're sort of like as we're talking about it it's like very much describing like the little dog group we had going there for a while <laughs> like we had like this right. a- Australian shepherd and she didn't want to uh-huh. play with anyone it was just uh-huh. she would be throwing the ball for her but nobody else could touch the ball so everybody was respectful of that <laughs> and then yep, there's like yep. me with the sporting breeds who are like let's play right. let's play let's play let's play like on everybody's face and then there was like the 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 german shepherd that was like the the fun police like breaking up like all the Mm -hmm. fun that was like being had by the others (laughs) Mm -hmm, very interesting we had the stereotypical like (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly ralph has a border collie friend and ralph just doesn't care but we were throwing the ball the other day and her Mm -hmm. name is kelly so ralph is there just like like super excited that we're throwing the ball and kelly's just like watching Ralph with like her head down like as soon as you start running like I'm gonna be running after you like hurting you but Ralph just like he just tries to like avoid her like (laughs) just like hurries along but like he doesn't he doesn't seem to care so they kind of get along (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly that's the thing like those types of dogs like border collies etc can be very like possessive of their things even if they're not touching them 
right? So, like, yeah. we see that a lot with them where they're, like, that's my ball. Even though it's away from me, they have possession of it. And, like, a lab or a golden, like, wanders in and they're, like, hey. And then the border collie <laughs> snaps at them, right? They're, like, hey, I was giving, like, clear signals. But even with border collies, I find it's, like, less clear because it's very different. It's very eye contact and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, she's, like, super focused on Ralph. Like, as soon as he starts running, like, I'm, I'm running yeah. after you just to... Just to chase yeah, you and her. They're, they're very visual, those mm-hmm. ones for sure. So also like on that same note, like I've always been curious about this when you own a dog company and like dogs are becoming like people's kids, right? Like I'm sure like mm-hmm. you get like, do you get like helicopter parents that are like, where are you guys now? Like, was he good for you today? Did he bar? Like, did he, did he pee? Like, <laughs> but um, my question is like, what is your liability like as, as a company owner? So if like, let's say back in the day when you were going to Bruce Pitt, and doing a, a group walk and some like a dog comes out of nowhere and like like injures one of the dogs or if they get into a fight and there's any kind of like severe damage what is your your liability to the dog owner yeah so it's a good question um back in the day i like again i was 22 when i started this business and i did not know <laughs> what i was doing so and definitely there's helicopter parents for sure. I mean, I we mitigate that by having like our Instagram stories. So we're videoing like a lot of our walks. So people are getting to see them like pretty much real time, uh, which helps a lot, I think. But it still happens even with training clients or boarding clients, whatever it happens. But again, we're very upfront about like updates. So it's not usually an issue for us because we're very like, even I was babysitting my uh, my niece the other day. <laughs> I'm a real human niece, let me add. And uh, I was like updating them constantly. I was like, here's a photo. We're now we're doing this. Now she's eating this. And like, oh, I changed her diaper. And I was like, this is reverse helicopter. Like, <laughs> no, but it was like, it's like, I'm used to doing that with my clients. Yeah. So it was yeah. kind of like this just natural thing for me. And she was kind of like, okay, I don't need like every single like play by play. And I was like, oh, here it is, right? In terms of liability, so like obviously we are insured. We haven't used our insurance, knock on wood. Um, but oh, don't bark. <laughs> um, but uh, just because, I mean, the deductible and all that, and, and it's just, to be honest, I find it's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, yeah. But so we've, and we've played around with different things over the past. Like, there's certain things that, like, if they were very, like, let's say a dog did attack another dog or something. I mean, attack's a very strong word, but let's say that that happened, where it was, like, very obvious what happened. We saw it happen. You know, generally we would tell both owners, and then, like, the owner of, of the the dog who attacked would usually, like, you know, cover any vet bills that needed to happen. Um, there's also been cases where, like, we've covered vet bills um, just because, like, they are in our care. But we eventually sort of, like, morphed into this idea of, like, sort of a split three ways because that way it really, like, lessens the financial impact for everybody because, mm-hmm. like, some like to be honest like you know they're they're out there running like they're sometimes just like they don't get stabbed with a stick like that happened to my dog he like yeah. stepped on a stick funny and it went up his leg like mm-hmm. he got gashed and it's like you know that's part of my responsibility as a dog owner and then it's also you know if he was in someone's care i'd say it's you know partially their responsibility as well and then because we have a dog walker um walking the dogs it's you know partially their responsibility depending on the situation because so- it turned into kind of like a he said she said of yeah. like oh maybe it was like this so therefore it's the company's fault and it was like well no maybe it was the one you know what I mean so I said you know what let's just do like three ways and then it's honestly like it just like really lessens the financial impact for Mm -hmm. everybody and that's what we decided to do and it's it's been good I think personally um for everybody and uh obviously also I think it's really good for pet owners to have insurance or at least you know like wait like you know understand the odds but like yeah 
I was just always curious about that just because like, again, like it's something I've considered for a long time and especially like moving in this direction where like, you know, the next generation is not having kids. They're getting dogs. (laughs) Like I'm like, Mm -hmm. I've always thought about Mm -hmm. dog companies. Right. So Emma, we've talked about some of your least favorite things which is probably our least favorite thing as well of dog ownership. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about what I imagine is one of your favorite things, cricket. Oh, Uh, okay, yes. Cricket has an impressive resume, uh, and it does include GRC Social Responsibility 1. Can you give us Mm -hmm. some details um, about what this title means and if you plan on advancing cricket any further? Yeah, for sure. So cricket was uh, my first like my own dog. <laughs> um, got her as a puppy from a breeder that uh, we had another dog from the same breeder uh, that he can't, he was my in-laws dog and we took him when we bought our house. And so, yeah, we've definitely played around in like many different sports. The GRC, so GRC is, uh, stands for Gameness uh, Responsibility Control. I think so. God, I haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> I don't want to say that wrong. Um but uh, so it's basically like a drive sport. Anyway, so the SR1, I don't know if you guys have talked about that before. So I don't know if I need to give like a, a background. But no, I don't. SR is a yeah, mm-hmm. social responsibility test. Um, and it's, it's like, I guess, comparable to a CGN, although I say it's like uh, much better and more or better is not the right word. Sorry, like more difficult, but I think more valuable for actually like quality training in terms of like, you know, generalization of things. Uh, so we did that the first time I heard about it, I was like at a conference and Jay Jack was there and they were all just like in the parking lot, basically like doing this. I was like, okay, whatever. I've never heard of this, but I'll do it. Cool. Whatever. (laughs) Dog did not have a middle position at that point or front. So we we failed obviously. And we didn't know what it was. (laughs) Um, and then we did it a second time. I think it was the year pre or or, the next year following. And Again, we failed. I forget what happened. It was something stupid that I did. It was my fault, of course. Like, I didn't wear the right shoes, so then that screwed me up, so I had to go change my shoes. And then I just did something that, like, made her break position or something like that. So then we did it again the next day, and then we finally passed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's a hard test, and it it involves obedience commands, but that's not the big part of it. It's, It's a lot about like your dog's liberty skills and basically just like, you know, real life stuff that you can apply. So I actually like honestly haven't thought about SR in so long. So I don't even know if I can give a full recap, but basically you have like a downstay portion, you have a front and middle command, like with a recall. uh, And then you have your two minutes of liberty. Oh, and you have like greeting strangers and loose leash walking and a figure eight. And so your dog is not supposed to be healing because that's sort of like a cop out. Like if your dog is like in command for that portion, you're actually going to lose points. And uh, any type of confusion on the dog's part, you also lose points. And the points, it's pretty like aggressive the way they take your points. It's like five points at a time you lose. Oh my God. It's pretty hard. You only get like a couple mistakes because you have to pass with a 75. Yeah, sorry, now I'm remembering. So you greet some strangers, your dog's not allowed to jump on them, etc. They're not allowed to pull on the leash. Anytime you have like tension on the leash, you get dang points. Tension that's longer than three seconds, I believe. And then you have to do a little figure eight. And then you do, I think then you do your downstay. Um, then you do like a recall to front and then you do a middle position, something like that. And then you have okay. two minutes of liberty. So your dog is fully at liberty, which means like 
you're not supposed to give them a command or anything. Mm-hmm. You would fail. So you're just like, hey, you're at liberty. And then like they can't, you know, jump on people or run away <laughs> um, and stuff <laughs> like that. So that's the level one. <laughs> the level two gets like much more difficult because there's also going to be like food and people like trying to mess with your dog a little bit more. Oh. And again, I don't know about the SR2 right now because it's been so long that I've mm-hmm. thought about it. Um, but it is more challenging for sure. Oh, and there's like a walking middle position with like position changes, stuff like that. And then I think there's a three too. And then that's even like infinitely harder. They'll like be like offering your dog food or like the the decoy people can do kind of different things to try to get your dog in trouble (laughs) during the liberty (laughs) portion. Um, But I think it's a really nice test because it really shows like kind of the holes in your training. You have dogs who are really, really flashy, like let's say a nice Malinois or something. Uh, They have all the obedience skills. They can be really good, but they don't do so well with the liberty, generally Mm -hmm. speaking, because Mm -hmm. they're just like, they're spun up, right? What is, what is this? What is liberty? (laughs) They're just (laughs) like, oh my God. And then you have dogs who are maybe like really good at liberty because they're actually just kind of like lazy slobs, like whatever, (laughs) potato dogs. But then they're like not going to perform the obedience part because they're kind of lazy and they're just not very motivated or flashy. So it's actually a really interesting test in that way. So your question was, what's next for her? Uh, We're doing agility right now. We've played in obedience, played in scent detection, barn hunt, rally obedience. We've done some herding and we did the GRCSR. And so we're really focused on agility right now. We actually just had our first trial of the year on Thursday and she finally got a cue for her standard starters title, um, which is great. And she got a jumper's cue. Uh, It's only our second agility trial ever. (laughs) So I'm happy about that. Agility is really hard. Yeah, like, it does look really hard. hard. It's not just like, you know, recreational agility. If you're just like putting your dog over equipment and stuff, that's that's fine. <laughs> but like running a trial, you're in there for like 45 seconds and like one tiny little error on your part, even like a hesitation and your cue is gone. Like there's no second chances. Like if your dog even like goes past the jump, you're disqualified. Oh like, my god. It's very mm. intense in that way. So it's very hard to get cues, um, which stands for qualifier. Have you done all the this different training with cricket like one at a time? Like or can she transition in between like all these different types of training like at any time? Yeah, she's a really versatile dog. The breed is quite versatile. Um when I again when I was starting up, I kind of just dabbled in everything because I was like, let's see what I like. So we did like we started doing agility and barn hunt and herding. We all did that when she was young. And then I kind of stepped away from most of that and I started doing competitive obedience and scent detection. And I trialed in both of those. Um, I got like our starters titles in that. And then I sort of stepped away from that again and got more into agility. And and then I got my other two dogs. And so I just didn't have time to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> just, I am too much. super and- impressed with like everything that you're doing <laughs> with your dogs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I'm not doing that much anymore. But I mean, I do agility and PSA and then I'm really hoping to get back to barn hunt with her and with Toro. And I'd like to get back to competitive obedience with her. It's just, oh man, it is hard. Just need more hours in a day. (laughs) Need more days in a week. I need everything. Um, PSA is so extensive. It just takes up so much time. Yeah. I got a a, a new dog back in February and it took me like weeks just to get her in the place command. But you're not a professional. So I know. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Don't ever feel bad about yeah. that. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know if I answered your question. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, that's great. <laughs> uh, you know, I did start a GRC club initially, but I also started my PSA club at the same time, and I just couldn't do both. Mm-hmm. So I'm super down for another GRC club. Like I have some of the stuff, I have some of the knowledge uh, because I was into it for a bit. I I have a few apprentices who are really interested in it, so I'm hoping that we can get something rolling again. I just probably won't be as much of a big part of it, but I'd really like to get it here in Ottawa. And I am bringing J-Jack here next year. So anyone listening, Ooh. he's going to come. <laughs> yeah. I think it's in May. I'll have to confirm. But That's awesome. I'll mm-hmm. get back to you. <laughs> All right. So you launched Walk With Me Ottawa back in 2013. If you could go back to 2013, what advice would you give yourself? Oof. Get an accountant and a business <laughs> bank account right away do that like if you're starting a business like know that stuff i knew nothing like nothing for example like if you're gonna get an hst number and charge hst you also have to like give that money to the government (laughs) it's not yours (laughs) so don't collect that eighteen thousand dollars and have to pay that back so stuff like that um i would definitely recommend just like having that type of stuff in line like your books that's so important Mm -hmm. that was like for me that was my biggest thing was just like not knowing like I wasn't invoicing people regularly I wasn't paying people regularly I was just like woo like <laughs> it was just crazy um that that wasn't very long mind you like you know within the first year we had things dialed in but it's yeah. still it still evolved over the years definitely evolved but yeah like talk to an accountant or a bookkeeper like get yourself sorted I think that's so important for me it was really important to just be like super professional from the get-go so like like I said mm-hmm. I registered my business I got an HST number I was like full-on but that, that's not for everybody. Um, that was yeah. for me. And I mean, like advice for other people, I would say, like, this wasn't my issue, but I think people just like, they don't like take the leap. They're too like cautious that like perfection paralysis where they just like never want to like go ahead and do it. They're too scared. It's like, just yeah. do it. Just go do it. You can fix it. You can adjust yeah. later. Like I'm too scared. I'm too scared. Did you think like, I'm honest to God, too scared. Like I want to so bad. I think about it like all the time. I see these condos go up and go like, it'd be so easy to throw in like a walking service in the bottom of one of those condos with like alongside with a bit of grooming or something. But then I'm like, do I want to do that? Like, do I want to be worried about my business? Like 24 seven? Do I want to like, is it going to be successful? All that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's options for people now especially like when I started like there wasn't really any other companies like doing this like there was a few like a couple maybe like two mm-hmm. um so I think my timing was really good as well but like there's options now for you to like get your feet wet if you want to like work for another company and just sort of see like is the dog stuff for you is this like mm-hmm. really for you or is it just kind of like this thing you think you want because that happens a lot and then also like again being a business person is like is very different than being a dog person like they're two different things mm-hmm. and like yeah. for me luckily they came together but like yeah if you're if you are a business person and like yeah just do it and like you know get help along the way but if if you're more just like i'm into dogs maybe like you know approach a company and maybe like go with that route first and then you can always decide that you want to do your own thing too um and now you have a better feel for it although like be upfront about that if you're gonna do that because it yeah. sucks to like train someone and then they're like hi i just stole all your stuff now i'm gonna go start my own company <laughs> i haven't experienced that yeah. ever before yeah I think I'm convinced. Let's do it, Heidi. (laughs) Let's take the leap. Oh, my God. So scary. (laughs) So, Emma, you're involved in so many things within the dog space. So owner of Walk With Me Ottawa, owner of Frostbite Working Dog Club, competitions with your dogs, 
organizing and hosting seminars and workshops and podcasting with two amazing, fun, <laughs> and talented dog girls. <laughs> Can you give us the inside scoop of any upcoming projects? I think you touched on a little bit of that with Jay Jack. Yeah, so PSA is like my thing right now. It's my child. Um, it's so we're, we're hosting a trial in two weeks. Uh, that's been like the big project right now. It's been going on for a long time. Building our facility, that is a big project. So that's hopefully starting in the fall. Well, no, it's definitely starting in the fall. Uh, it's definitely starting in the fall. Um, not sure when exactly it'll be done, but it's starting in the fall. We have our permit. Everything's good to go. So that is happening. That's been the biggest project over the last few years for sure. Um, and then, yeah, once that's that's good to go, like hosting seminars again, hosting trials, that's really like what I want to do. And <laughs> PSA or pet dog related, like mm-hmm. both definitely keep that going. I'm, I'm traveling a lot as well for PSA. So that's kind of that's kind of it. And then I'm, I'm doing agility trials now. I'm trying for cricket. She's seven. So, you know, I, and I got to still prioritize her. She's yes. given me so much. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as we do with all our guests, Emma, uh, we like to end the show with some fun rapid fire questions. Mm, I'm nervous. So we're going to put Emma in the hot seat a little bit. <laughs> Are you ready? I don't know. I'm scared. All okay. right. Here we go. One of your previous career aspirations was to become a veterinarian. However, you've mentioned that you are not a fan of the medical component of the profession. On a scale of one to 10, one being very poor and 10 being excellent, how would you rate your doggy CPR? Uh, Seven. Seven? Oh. Wait, wait, wait. One was poor? 10 was good? Okay. Yes. I'd say seven. Yeah. Seven. Have you ever done it? Um. I guess I wouldn't, like, do you mean CPR or first aid? I guess I should have clarified. <laughs> CPR. I was thinking first aid. Mm, then three. <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll go three on that one then. You've mentioned that you were training your giant schnauzer Toro in French. If Toro was lost in France, would he be able to find his way to the Eiffel Tower in Paris? <laughs> <laughs> Excusez-moi. I was going to say, the French is different on its own. Is it going to be like Quebec French? Like backwoods Quebecois French? Ben, viens ici, Toro. Some baguette, please. He's not Quebecois. (laughs) Cricket's birthday is on Christmas Day. As I'm sure Cricket leaves Santa Claus a big glass of milk and cookies, does Santa Claus leave Cricket a birthday cake? Yes. Yes. Good. As he should. Yeah. As he should. You know a lot of things. He leaves a lot of things for Cricket? No, you know a lot of things. I know a lot of things. You're really like in there with the knowledge. She creeps the guests for sure. I'm a professional creeper. Yeah, investigator. PI. Speaking of. Your 2016 was filled with many goals and excitement, including yoga and fitness. Oh, my God. And now, how is your yoga handstand coming along? Oh, wow. Not great. Don't do handstands Not anymore. Not great? I squat. I do, I do weightlifting instead. There's no more yoga. Do the dogs interfere? Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Definitely. I can still headstand, but the handstand went away. I, pro- I mean, you know what? I probably could now. I'm strong. I'm much stronger now. <laughs> now that you've, you're weightlifting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the flexibility is not great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Your husband is allergic to dogs. Ironically, <laughs> you started a dog business. Personally, Emma, it wouldn't stop me either. <laughs> if you were allergic to cats, would oh. your husband think twice about launching a cat business called <laughs> Lounge With Me Ottawa? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> he probably wouldn't. He's super allergic to cats. Oh, so, there we go. Um, he wouldn't. <laughs> he would not. Lounge With Me Ottawa. Oh my God, that's going to be the name of our business. <laughs> <laughs> Should trademark that. <laughs> I'm trademarked, so yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's too close to walk with me, I Ottawa. Contest, I contest. <laughs> uh. Oh, that's funny. In 2015, Cricket, your standard schnauzer, brought you a diamond ring attached to her collar for your engagement proposal. The saying goes, "Size doesn't matter," but in this case, I think it might. For your 10th year anniversary, what would you like Toro, your giant schnauzer, to bring you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like it. Um, yeah, I'll take another ring. I'll do it. Another <laughs> ring. Just, just bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another bigger ring. I mean, you know what? Honestly, I can't. I don't wish for anything. I've, I'm pretty happy with everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a puppy. I'll a, take puppy. a puppy. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you bring me one too? Oh, the yeah, Malinois. Maybe. We can make it happen. Yeah. Ten year anniversary. That's like soon. So. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Barrow knows. Mm-hmm. Yes. Apparently, you know better. <laughs> Ottawa is known for its famous fried dough pastries called beaver tails. These are usually topped with sweet ingredients such as maple sugar, Nutella, cinnamon, or bananas. If your dog, George, the retired old man who lives to eat and sleep, as you quote, what would he add as toppings on his beaver tails? Oh God! Uh, something chocolatey for sure. He he loves hot mm-hmm. chocolate actually, so he probably just wants a hot chocolate. He would. I mean, the bananas. <laughs> Cricket is a huge fan of bananas. I know that wasn't your question, but she would be bananas for sure. Yeah, Cricket would be a banana beaver tail. Yes. I wonder if it's a girl dog thing because Becky like loved her sweets. She loved them. Like if you left cup, she ate all the cupcakes for my kid's birthday party once off the counter. Oh yes. Oh. I, I thought it was no, for cricket. It's bananas. Like you can unpeel a banana, and she'll come running. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, Ralph is is banana crazy too. He knows yeah. that banana means means crate time, so he just runs to his crate. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always feel like he thinks in his mind, like, ah, you got me again <laughs> with that banana. <laughs> yeah, George, he'd, he'd take anything, but he just wants like hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> now, as our final question. In 2020, you launched your own Competition Protective Sport Association Club in Ottawa, named Frostbite Working Dog Club. I think it's safe to say that certain breeds thrive in protective sports. You've recently had the pleasure of meeting my one-year-old, happy-go-lucky golden retriever named Ralph. With top-notch Emma Murdoch training, what are the chances that Ralph no. becomes a PSA champion? Zero. Ah. <laughs> Zero. Zero, eh? Sorry. I I that's what I expected. <laughs> it's like it's like that uh, internet video where it shows like the dogs doing some of the training that you were des- describing with like the food all over the place uh-huh. and then the golden yeah. comes along and he eats yeah. like literally every single one like without I think that would be Ralph. Yeah. 
that yeah. definitely would be Ralph. <laughs> I mean, he could probably do the obedience. It's just the uh, the protection part. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, no, not for him. It's no. not for a lot of dogs. I mean, there's even German <laughs> Shepherd. No, getting serious now. Yeah. It's yeah. people. A lot of people think that like any dog can do it. It's so far from the truth. Like, yeah. No. Even yeah. German Shepherds, like they're just not all of them cut out for it. So yeah, it's tough. Oh yeah, they're not sure. as um. I guess like they're not as agile as a Malinois would be. It's not even the agileness. <laughs> agility. It's not the agility. Um, is that the word? Um, I mean, stamina plays a huge role in the sport for sure, but it's just about nerve and like environmental nerve and like the pressure that the decoys bring, like the biting behavior. Like they have to want to mm-hmm. bite someone with like a hidden sleeve. Like they have to want to bite and have that like defense and have that prey drive. So yeah, it's just uh, it's it's. Yeah, I think, I, I hope people, like, come out to the trial, um, and our doors are always open at the club, too, if anyone ever wants to drop in and watch, um, and we are semi-open to new members, specifically decoys, if anyone out there is listening and interested, but if you want to learn more, you can just message me, I'm happy to chat about the sport all the time, so, but yeah, it's definitely, awesome. you need a specific dog for it, like, yeah. you really, really do, and you can learn, and on it your, is not Ralph, <laughs> you can learn on your first dog, um, especially the obedience stuff, but the bite work stuff is just so different. Yeah, than oh, absolutely. Else, so. mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't scary. <laughs> the rapid fire questions. The rapid fire questions. Uh, so thank you, Emma, for coming on the show today. We appreciate that you took the time to come chat with us. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Super fun. And can you let our listeners know um, where they can find or reach you? Yes, definitely. So very accessible on Instagram. Uh, I have three accounts. So Walk With Me Ottawa is our business account. Uh, Not Your Standard Schnauzers is my personal account. And that's where I'm posting like most of my day to day and and, like sport doggy stuff. And then we also have Frostbite WDC. So Frostbite WDC stands for Working Dog Club. That's obviously our PSA page. Uh, We're also on Facebook. But honestly, Facebook is just like in terms of messaging, it's so poor. So if you want to reach me, like message me on Instagram. Um, and then we have our website, www.walkwithmeottawa.com. And you can find everything about all of our services there, our walking, training, boarding. Uh, everything's on there. Everything you need to know is there, I promise. <laughs> and then if you wanted to inquire about services, you can just email through the website. And yeah, that's it. All right. Well, thank you, Emma, again. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yes, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Let's Boop Snoots, and you can listen to our show on Spotify and iTunes weekly. Uh, And before we end the show, uh, make sure to check out Holy Raw Nutrition, uh, a raw food service located in Chelsea, Quebec. We would like to thank Holy Raw for supporting Let's Boop Snoots. Their products are sourced from ethical local farms and butchers to ensure freshness, quality, and peace of mind. They have raw blends that come in one to two pound containers, ranging from chicken, beef, duck, turkey, and many more. Holy Raw also provides dehydrated treats and all natural supplements to help support your pet's overall well-being. I personally order all my food for Al from Holy Raw, and I only have great things uh, to say about them, their staff, and their food. Uh, We are so thankful to have them as a sponsor. And again, you can you can find them on their website at holyrawnutrition.com, H-O-L-I-R-A-W nutrition.com. Uh, thank you, Holy Raw, for supporting us. 
And also a big, big thank you to Stray Dog Brewing Company for supporting Let's Boop Snoots. They're located at 501 La Colle Way, Unit 4 in Orleans, Ontario. Stray Dog Brewing Company is open seven days a week, Mondays through Fridays from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., with extended hours on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays until 9 p.m. Weekend hours are 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturdays and 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Sundays. They are a pet-friendly brewery, so bring your snoots. They also host great events throughout the week and offer brewery tours. Make sure to try some of their in-house beers, including Oatmeal Stout, Tropical Knockout, One Hop Wonder, and many more. You can find them on their Instagram at Stray Dog Brewing Co. and their website, www.straydogbrewing.ca. Thank you, Stray Dog Brewing Company, for supporting our Let's Boop Snoots. So join us next week on Let's Boop Snoots. Boop! Boop.